and welcome to The Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming, news, and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 92nd episode in a weekly series called To the Moon. Here with me is Ken Gao, game designer and composer from Freebird Games. Welcome. Hi there. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> Very excited to have you on the show. Thanks. Last week's episode was a discussion with Kevin Forbes, pro programmer and designer at Clay Entertainment for Don't Starve. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Tuesday, January 29th, and we are going to talk about To the Moon, game design, and learn all about Ken. So, what is your news of the week? What are you up to lately? Okay, so I'm, um, I'm working on a, um, some promotional stuff for uh, the new game, which is called A Bird Story. And uh, also just, you know, the usual production stuff. <laughs> okay. So we will definitely talk about that as we get further in. I'm curious about that. But first questions, let's start at the beginning. So as a child, did you play video games and what were some of your favorites? Uh, yeah, I, um, let's see, I, well, I grew up in China, actually. So the, the games I played were, uh, you know, a lot of the Chinese uh, old school games and RPGs and the like. Okay. But uh, I think one of my first games was... Um, like Diablo one. Ooh, good start. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember back then, like, to there's no cheat codes, you so you actually have to drop the code at the exact moment to double it or something. Yeah, yes. that was. It actually felt like a meta game itself. <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, I played some Chinese RPGs, um, a bunch of them, I think. But yeah, aside from that, um, hmm, let's see, Age of Empires and the like as well. Now, China, if I recall correctly, there's several restrictions on gaming and uh, certain things that you can see. Did you notice that as a child? Is that so? Um, not really. I okay, mean, I recall World of Warcraft having issues with uh, Lich King and certain things um, involving like. Oh uh, yeah, I think yeah. Hmm. I I wasn't. I didn't follow on up on that uh, quite a lot, but I don't think it was actually that bad when I was there. Um, I thought the Lich King stuff was mostly a matter of legal complications or whatnot. I'm not sure. I, I thought it might have been content, but I could definitely be wrong. I thought that uh -huh. might be an interesting change. Uh, but you're playing Diablo, so pretty similar childhoods to most <laughs> of us, I would think. Okay, so then did you learn English when you came here? Uh, yeah, I learned English when I came here. I actually learned it through um, reading Animorph books, pretty much. <laughs> did Which... you write a lot of the dialogue? Because it's amazingly funny and uh, and very colloquial. Like, a lot of the sayings are for some... You would think someone was born here, so I wondered, like, if that uh -huh. was your... Oh, well, thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Um, I, yeah, it's, I, I did write the dialogues myself often well past bedtime, which is why, <laughs> but, um, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> so what was that like when you first came here and how old were you? I was, uh, well, I was in just past grade school. So I was, I think 11. Okay. I was actually, in, uh, that was in 2000, around April of 2000. We're not going to talk about your age. <laughs> <laughs> so what was uh, the inspiration for becoming a game designer? It, it seems like um, at that young age, did you have that idea already? Or is it something that you came upon later on? Um, to be honest, no, I, I didn't actually have that as a goal. Um, but I always like to, you know, create, create things, I suppose. Um, especially, you know, stories and scenarios and the like. So eventually one, one way or another, that was where I ended up at. Oh, and I think someone asked uh, what I studied. I actually studied um, business and computer science. Oh. <laughs> so in a sense, it's kind of both not like I didn't study game development, but uh, both are kind of, you know, just touching it. So it didn't, it didn't go to waste, I think. Yeah, I think computer science would be awfully useful if you're a uh, Yeah. So how did music get involved in your life? Was it as a child? Uh, yeah, I actually, I, when I was a kid, um, well, I mean, I didn't start composing until I actually started making games, actually. But, um, when I was a kid, I, you know, I played recorders and stuff. And I used to, uh, you know, chart out the, uh, like, we, I'm not sure if people use it here, but back when I was in uh, China in, in grade school, we used to write sheet music as, um, you know, one, one, two, three, four, as numbers. So one is like do, two is re, et cetera. Oh, okay. So I used to, you know, uh, I used to chart out, you know, songs from TV shows and stuff and just pass it out to the class. Um, so that, that was actually like one of my earliest, uh, experiences. It was actually pretty fun too. Um, 
um, yeah, so when I came to Canada, um, I had an interesting phase where I, that, that was when, uh, you know, Pokemon was wild, you know? Uh, so, and I was at the time, I was like the only kid in the entire, in, in the entire school who was Asian, which nowadays oh. it's just like, we're everywhere, you know, but <laughs> back then I was like a panda to the folks. So they were treating me really, really nice. And I remember basically, um, playing flute, uh, not flute, like playing recorder for Pokemon cards, like kind of like a street performer on the actual, like, English like you're paid school. in yeah. Pokemon cards. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Oh. And that was, that was like the most fun thing ever. But I think it, that was just cause I was uh, kind of a panda back then. Nowadays you like, you know, it's like you go around playing recorder, asking for Pokemon card. They're just like, well, why are you robbing me? You know, <laughs> but that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, good times. It's kind of interesting that you would have uh, the the music written out in numbers like that. I wonder if that had... I mean, music is very mathematical, and that would probably tie into the uh, the computer sciences as well, I would think. Um, but composing is one of those things that I feel like you have to learn kind of young as a child, or it really bites you later. Like, I know uh, myself have had that issue where if you don't learn it, young and then you try to play as you're, as you're older it's something very difficult to pick up so do you think um like that method helped you at all um, because you said you really didn't get into music like playing until you started designing games mm -hmm. sort of i mean i think i was uh i was fortunate enough to um you know always kind of kept a side of music going uh in one way or another but like you know i started playing piano and composing uh, pretty late into my years i think well I'm sounding like an old man, but, you know, <laughs> we're just like late high school, you know, start of uh, college, et cetera. Um, but hmm, in a way, I almost think that it's actually a good idea for me to not start when I was that young to, you know, take piano lessons and stuff like that, because it, um, it almost feels like if that were to have happened, I would have felt like it was more of a chore, you know, it's like homework to practice piano and whatnot. Whereas this one, I mean, this way, I pretty much just did it whenever I wanted to. And it was more like, you know, it was fun. And I always looked forward to it as opposed to dread it. <laughs> so take me from the transition uh, into game design and how you ended up choosing that as something. Uh, oh, well, I was actually, uh, you know, it was a dark and stormy night. And <laughs> I was working on my emo teenage novel, quote unquote. And, Were you uh, seriously working on an emo novel? Yes, it was very emo. Actually, it's, you can, you can find the, that, that, that game actually uh, turning, I mean, that story actually turning into a game. Um, I'm still kind of working through it. Uh, it's called Quintessence. It's on my, uh, Freebird Games web, website. Was that your um, second game or the first That one? was the first one. The first that one. was actually what got me started, um, into making games. So, yeah, that was actually what started, uh, started getting me into making games. <laughs> and you just said, I, I don't want to write this. I need to see it visually. Like what, what was the inspiration to, to change it from a book? Um, I just like to be able to walk around in the, the world I kind of envision, you know, I think that in and of itself is just such a cool thing to me for some reason. So how did you go about learning like the methodology of making a game? Um, hmm. I don't know. It was kind of like a drunken fist. I'm just. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I will learn to code right now. <laughs> Actually, I used a uh, very notorious game engine, and I still use it now. It's uh, RPG Maker. And um, so with that, um, while like there's still full pro programming capabilities, um, but you don't have to know like the actual language to start. Hmm. There's still, you know, there's still programming logic involved. But as far as the syntax go, it saves a lot of work. Were you making your own art and at the time? At the time when I was getting started, yes. Uh, no, definitely not. Um, it was uh, it was co a combination between like some of the graphics that came with the engine, and uh, folks who were helping me out uh, with you know trading. It, there was kind of a bartering system going on where I would you know kind of work on some music for some folks, and they would work on you know um, some of the art uh, for me. So that was kind of a fun system. Okay. And oh, uh, thanks. Um, uh, it's in Zenteca. That means a lot to me. Yes, the chat is, is quite active. They have questions <laughs> for you, which we will ask at the end. So save up your questions and uh, oh. there'll be a section okay. at the end for that. Um, so did you then go to college for that or how did you, 
um, what did you study? You said you studied computer sciences with that in college? Yeah, that was, that was in college. Uh, I think I also took a programming course, um, around, I think the last year of high school. So that kind of seg- me, segued me into it. So at the same time as you're, you're studying this as your major, you are also making a game? Uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, you know, making a free games on freebirdgames.com. And, um, actually it just started as just quintessence and the URL was just like quintessence slash, uh, well, the game name.com. But then as I started making more games, you know, I, I guess I should put it in a folder somewhere. So that's when, uh, you know, Freebird game started. What was the reception to your first game? Is it something that a lot of people played or mostly just like local friends? It was, um, hmm. it was something that, well, like there was a community, I suppose, of, you know, folks who were also making games. So essentially the players and the developers were, you know, it was like a small village of developers who played, who played each other's games. And yep, that was the RPG Maker uh, community. I think that was rmrk.net. It seems to me in my research that you founded Freebird about the time that To the Moon was maybe just finished. Is that so? And why the choice to make an official company at that point? Like the Freebird Games uh, label kind of started um, after a while, I uh, after I made my second or third game, I think. Okay. Um, so that was, a, I think, a couple of years before To the Moon was finished. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't exactly officialized in a sense, I guess, until uh, To the Moon was released, because that's when you know, all the actual legal stuff and, you know, the blah, blah, stuff that I, I had to do. But um, yeah, the, as for the Freebird Games, uh, it's the label itself. It was existent, you know, a while back. What is the the interest in birds? They are kind of everywhere <laughs> in your work. Uh, actually, yeah. Now that you mention it, I suppose oh, yes. there's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's just it's just a nice concept to be able to fly freely. You know, I don't know. I just like the fact that they fly. I suppose. <laughs> So when you're officially independent, which um, are you now officially? I believe since To the Moon's been out, uh, I went to your MAGFest panel, so I have some of the answers to these, but are you considered like officially independent or are you still working um, full-time somewhere else and doing this uh, as well? Uh, of, well, yeah, I, in, that, in that sense, I guess I am officially independent. Um, yeah, I'm just really fortunate and grateful that I'm able to do this uh, full-time for the time being. And, um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're very well loved. You know, it's, it's, as an indie uh, game developer, you know, maybe it's not something that everyone on the street knows, but the people that do follow the games are very loyal and it seems, uh, very touched by it. So I'm not surprised. And, uh, oh, well, thank you. I'm just, I'm really grateful for, you know, the wonderful support from the community. I mean, something like this, you know, it's, you can't just do it by yourself and you have to have you know, the folks who actually like it and who are willing to support your work. And it's just such a wonderful community of people, you know, yeah, just indie game communities in general, because there's so much, so much support and just authenticity, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice to have people that I'm sure play your things and then tell you exactly how they feel so you can fix it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, something that helped so much was, uh, <laughs> like when I was like throughout the few years of, you know, making free games and whatnot. Uh, there were some folks who uh, kindly um, stayed along at the Freebird Games uh, forum community. So with To the Moon, actually, uh, it was better t- better tested by you know the folks who the veterans of the forum community, and they helped so much in just shaping the last bit of the game to be what it is. And I actually drew a lot of ideas from them as well. And they were all credited at the uh, end of the end of the game. Oh, that's kind of you. So let's talk about. Um, I think To the Moon was your fourth game, is that correct? Uh, to the Moon is my fourth game. Yes, I do believe so. There was a missing, um, like there was a game called Lyra's Melody, which I kind of started um, a while back with a demo, but that didn't take off. <laughs> so the demo is still somewhere on the forum, I think, but oh. it's not on the actual website. Okay. Now, talking about all of those games kind of in general, before we get specifically to the, to the moon, um, the art style, uh, I guess maybe I am talking about to the moon, but kind of seeing it develop, 
um, from early mm. stuff. And the games themselves remind me a lot of like the games you're talking about that you played as a child. Like I could see Zelda, you know, in there somewhere. And in your music, there are times just the timing of of when a song will cue up feels very Final Fantasy to me. <laughs> a lot. Like I can I see sort of inspirations in that. Do you find um, you know, older games kind of led you to where you are and what do you think those older games would be? Uh, definitely. Um, there was definitely a lot of a lot of influence in that. While I didn't um, you know precisely dream of becoming a game developer when I was a kid, um, I did you know I was uh, quite a gamer, but again, like the games I was playing, were uh, you know mostly you know games where, which never made it actually quite made it here so there were a lot of uh, you know asian rpgs and chinese rpgs and the like and i actually and people are going to smite me for this but i've actually never played a final fantasy game <laughs> that's probably fact, good yeah. now no one can well, see I don't copying. Know. <laughs> well i don't know but I, I think there's like a lot of you know positive inf- uh, influence and inspiration to be drawn from those i mean there are classics definitely true um, that surprises me. <laughs> and, oh, dude, uh, I just watched Star Wars for the first time um, <laughs> a few months ago, too. Do not make me I'm on a roll here. <laughs> See, that's a, all of your uh, dialogue has so many references of, like, pop culture and geekery. Mm. That's really surprising just now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't think I've ever actually made, like, a Star Wars reference, though. No, that's I mean, There were, uh, you know, stuff like Dragon Ball Z I've obviously watched, um, Doctor Who I watched. Hmm. And, uh, you know, any more of again. <laughs> well, that, you know, I, you know, okay, I actually watched that just to see, like, what the fuss is about. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I just felt so indifferent to it for some reason. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was just there. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a weird experience. Well, I suppose, unless you're a 14-year-old girl, it may not have quite the appeal. <laughs> but I did think the book reference was very funny, if that's what you're going for. <laughs> Okay, so um, friends on these projects, and uh, have you kept like similar people? You were talking about beta testers from the forums and such. Would you have people that you met, uh, you know, in college or sometime at that, who who are helping you to do these games now, or does it turn around like fairly often? It's a lot of questions. Do you have <laughs> does the friends stay on a project like the entire way through all four games, and or do you have people come in and out, kind of? Uh, it's well, let's see, I. I do have some um, very loyal folks who you know who's helped again and again, and uh, you know usually I you know trade my uh, you know music and the like with them as well. Uh, for example, the one who is uh, spriting, who is making making the sprites for the characters of this next game, is actually the spriter who made the lighthouse into the moon. Mm. Um, and then there are also folks who you know you know sometimes they drop by and help help out, and other times you know, but. Yeah, overall, it's. I think it's relatively consistent. It's a fairly small community of folks. Now let's get to the moon because I think it's probably the the best well known of your games, and uh-huh. uh, one I think people should play definitely before the next one comes out. And, and we'll talk about the tie-ins or lack thereof uh, later on between the two games. But uh, to the moon, I, the thing that struck me about it first, other than the fact that I thought. Uh, the art style was really beautiful and extremely detailed. I mean, you have like little teacups and things that <laughs> take forever to do all the furniture in the houses. Um, well, let's let's stop there. Tell me about the art style and how you decided um, that that's the look you wanted to go uh, with your writing and, and music. <laughs> well, the art style was actually um, it was two two sides actually. For one, uh, the templates for you know the game engine itself. Is kind of a six-bit, six-bit uh, era kind of art style, you know, which is kind of Chrono Trigger-like, mm. which is awesome in and of itself. Um, but yeah, I definitely have like for some reason I personally like the kind of pixel art style in itself because it's almost like when you, it's almost like a cross between it's a difference between reading a book and watching a movie. You know, when you read a book, there's not so much um, there's not so much of a detail like you can't. It's not like not every detail is fed to you. So you kind of picture a lot of it is yourself, you know, which is why, you know, often when books get turned into movies, everyone kind of feels weird because the person doesn't actually look like exactly how they pictured them to be. And yeah, so I think there's definitely some kind of magic in that 
you know, you see a pix, a little pixel sprite and, uh, you know, it, you pretty much see who you want to see in that sprite, which is to me, which to me is just kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, extremely detailed though, as far as colorful, like you look at it and, um, I think you could spend quite a while looking just at the lighthouse pixels, you know, it seems like there's so many colors just in that lighthouse. Uh, <laughs> it's really nice to see. And, and I've said, the dialogue is extremely funny. And that's, I think the thing that struck me first, um, you know, is, is you see the doctors talking to each other, you know, running around crashing cars and, uh, just so what doctors do <laughs> in this game. They do run through the forest quite a bit. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, Dr. Watts and, and Rosalind just play off each other so well. And there's such an interesting, you know, a couple, their dynamic. Um, how did you come up with the idea for them? And is, are these characters based on any real people? Um, well, I've always usually just said, uh, Dr. Watts, Dr. Rosalind is me past 2 a.m. and Dr. Watts is me past 3 a.m., <laughs> which is actually relatively true, I think. But, um, yeah, I guess there's usually a bit of, you know, folks who you know of and a part of yourself, you know, in writings. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with the names for all these characters? Uh, I don't know, babynames.com. Do you <laughs> um, really? No. <laughs> that would be horrible. Say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't really have any, uh, like, I just stare at the wall, to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes that works. Okay. It does. The swear words tickle me in this game. Um, do you, do you deliberately try to keep it like uh, PG thirteen or less because cucumbers, just the words that are thrown out. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got a lot of uh, mixed responses <laughs> toward those. Really? Um, yeah, like I don't know. It's like a vegetarians versus I don't know, but it's <laughs> it's all right. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just wanted because Eva is just Eva Eva. She is just, I don't know, I just, I just kind of wanted her to have a bit of a quirk that didn't seem so stern, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I think one of my favorite parts of the game is uh, where they're running through the forest with the children and that fighting scene cues up for the squirrel. Where I know you said you didn't, you didn't see Final Fantasy, but it's very Final Fantasy, uh, I feel like, and and you get the options to choose the volume of your yell attack and all the rest of that. <laughs> just just the quirkiness of the game is, is really neat. Um, have you had a lot of reactions to that? You know, positive and negative. Yeah, that was actually. Um, yeah, I, I was really glad I got to add that in. Uh, that actually, I think, made it inside. Made it in after the beta was released, hmm. and I just. One day I just looked at, I think it was also past like 3 a.m. That's when the actual good things happen for me for some reason. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, yeah, this, I, I, I like that part. So I'm glad other folks liked it too. It's, I didn't like, I didn't mean to make fun of RPGs or anything because I loved RPGs, but okay, maybe, maybe I did make fun of them, but I made fun of them with love, you know? Well, I think anyone who's played a lot of those games knows that a lot of things happen that are just ridiculous. I mean, just saying like, oh, uh, this cliff wasn't dangerous enough. Uh, we had to build a house here. I mean, th- this sort of thing happens all the time in games where you just kind of look at this and go, if I think about this logically, this is not a wise idea. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So let's talk a little bit about the game. Why the name to the moon? I mean, obvious, but for people that have never played. And uh, can you share with the listeners the idea of the game? Uh, okay, well, the game is called To the Moon because... Uh, <coughs> gee, I don't even know how to answer that one. But the game is basically about uh, these two doctors who you know travel backwards through um, an old man's memories to essentially fulfill his last wish. And uh, his last wish is to uh, go to the moon. And uh, it's also secretly a game about My Little Ponies. Mm. You're Which is why you're brony, aren't you? <laughs> no, well, well, actually, I, 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 I appreciate the show. Yeah, I, I like the show. I wouldn't say I'm like a full-fledged brony, but someone actually on uh, someone on Freebird Games actually got me into uh, the show a while back because mm-hmm. he kept posting everything about it. <laughs> um, it's I think it's relaxing to watch now and then. You know, it's uh, like I feel so at peace when I watch it. It is friendship and magic. It is very magical. 
But dude, I actually had, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. I actually had like a direct pony reference. Um, actually, well, more than one in the game, but that it was so direct, but nobody caught it. When, when is like, this I haven't even... coming? Okay. So for those who watched uh, the show, who knows about the, the show and for those who hate it, I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> but okay. So there is this pony called Luna, who is like the moon pony, oh, right? Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. She's awesome. Right. So I actually in NASA, if you go, uh, where the centrifuge is, if you go in that room, go around the room, um, toward the west and upper, upper left, essentially. There is actually, beyond the glass wall, you can see a Luna figurine, like beneath a moon poster. And nobody saw that because when they went to the uh, centrifuge room, they're like, oh, I got my, I got my memory link. So I guess I'm, I'll be heading off now. (laughs) I have to examine that more closely. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Now I'm going to spoiler the heck out of this game, although not the ending because that's important. Won't do that. But there's a lot of things I'm going to ask. So if you haven't played the game, uh, I recommend you do. Um, but you're going to get some information about it that you might not want. So just stop here if you haven't played it or you don't care. Um, okay. Now the idea of this game I find really interesting because it's a little total recall in some ways that the uh, the idea that you get to it's kind of a, a juxtaposition like you have to decide if you want to live the life you wish for or if you want to appreciate you know the reality of the life that you have because if you choose your wish you're going to die like quickly because you can't deal with that which is an interesting like consequence mm-hmm. I guess that's why they're always dying when they get that wish <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that so yeah now for some reason I I'm always I'm always fond of you know, it's like between sad and bittersweet. You know, mm-hmm. I think bittersweet is almost always better. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Haven't played this game. <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm. So the idea of regret kind of comes in, you know, subtly as well. Um, and what inspired this game, and how did you decide to to write about this? Because these are very, very deep esoteric thoughts for a for a fourth video game. <laughs> Well, deep or pseudo deep, I don't know anymore, but it's, um, I don't know. There were, there were just a lot of stuff going on. And I guess I was trying to, uh, you know, turn a bunch of random, uh, may kind of things into something productive and good. Um, you know, and like one of the things, for example, that set up the entire framework was, you know, my grandfather falling ill back then. And that was kind of what made me think, you know, one day I'm going to be there, you know, and everybody is. And it's just, it's just a human nature to, you know, to want to go back and change things because you never get to do that. And people want to do what they can't. I suppose that's true. I wonder if that's something like that you get with age, because after playing this, I sat for a while and I thought, is there something, something I would want to change that I would rewrite my entire life for it? And that's (laughs) a question I suppose people ask. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. Well, actually, there was a bit of a confusion, I think, on my part. Um, basically about what happens to the previous memories, you know, the actual real memories after the operation. Like what I had in mind originally was that they would not be literally erased, but they would essentially, it's kind of where we're at the spoiler section, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so it, they're kind of like what happened to uh, Joey. His memories, I mean, uh, his memories of Joey, you know, they're like memories don't literally get erased, but they kind of get unlinked and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like the consequence is actually a part of what happens when, you know, two memories, two sets of memories clash. So the first one doesn't really get erased, but it kind of gets pushed against. And I guess what they see in the last moment, however, is the new set of memories. Mm-hmm could see that what do you think the motivations for the doctors are at sigmund court because you could look at it as though they're you know just getting paid or that they are actually you know uh, trying to do good and you don't necessarily get that answer because you know rosalind's kind of always saying it's not our business dr was is always saying like no i'm really interested um what were you thinking like when you created them and, and what what was their motivation for doing this 
I don't know, it's really hard to say. I think in some sense, I think they both do care a lot, but they show it in different ways. You know, and it's with something like this that deals with, you know, so much moral obligation and so much even, you know, stuff like legal issues. It's kind of a weird combination. There's a lot goes into the formula. Like you have to worry about, you know, whether you're doing the right thing, quote unquote, whether or not, you know, you know, this operation thing is the right thing to do to anyone to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole thing with, like, what, what if, you know, I don't know. There's, there's just so much things to deal with. Um, but yeah, in the end, I do think they both, they both care a lot about the patients, but they just show it in different ways. You could make some guesses about Dr. Watts, and I don't know if uh, the characters are going to appear in other games and we'll find out the answers to these, but I think everyone kind of draws their own conclusion. Like at the ending, my conclusion was that he was ill and taking medicine. Possibly he's also dying, and maybe that's why he's doing it too, because he knows someday he's going to have to make a choice if he wants to do that for himself. So you don't know those things, but I think you can read into it in different ways. People probably make their own decisions on how they think that's going to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably shouldn't say anything about that. Agreed. Right? But um, oh, I will say one thing, though. There was um, a very embarrassing mistake that I don't even know how to retract. Um, at, I think most, most people probably, they probably didn't even notice it, but I was watching some uh, Let's Play of it, and someone said, Hey, look. And I was like, what? Okay, so basically at the very end, the launch scene, um, during the ending, uh, you know, the launch sequence, there's a flash to back to the bridge where Dr. Watts and Rosaline were standing at. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, you could see two Dr. Watts, you know, and just they're just standing one behind each other. And people were, you know, saying, oh, that's the evidence that we are in a memory right now. But I mean, whether or not we really were in a memory, that was a mistake on my part. Like there wasn't, there weren't supposed to be two Dr. Watts. <laughs> Can't you just go, um, yes, that's exactly why there are two. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute when uh, he tries to hold her hand. Uh-huh. Rejected. Rejected. There's a lot of rejection in this. <laughs> people that are trying to date. Hmm. Um... Talking about River a little, um, it's interesting that, you know, as the story kind of unfolds and you learn more about River, you wonder, you know, at the beginning why he didn't just ask, you know, to be with her somehow and in his make her death not happen or something like that. Um, do you think that it is the, the memory block, sort of the unconscious kind of trying to fight it part of him that makes him want to say he wants to go to the moon? instead of just directly asking, you know, about River? Yeah, he um, he wasn't, well, at the time of making the wish, he really wasn't aware of, you know, consciously aware of the whole meeting, the childhood, and the carnival scene. Um, but, yeah, I like what I wanted to show with the, the moon wish was that, you know, subconsciously, that was like a metaphor for the fact that he still remembers that those moments in some way, even though he doesn't, you know, even though he can't consciously recall it. And, um, there were some comments, I think a while back about how, you know, in the end people were saying they shouldn't have actually gone to the moon because, you know, it should be a metaphorical, like River never wanted to go to the, like Johnny didn't want to go to the moon. They just wanted to meet, meet each other, you know? But I think I was thinking that that in itself is the metaphor, like actually going to the moon in the memories is the metaphor for actually finally being able to fulfill that wish. And, um, yeah. There's been a lot of speculation about River and people say, you know, oh, she had Alzheimer's, oh, she had, you know, this and that. But my assumption is um, that it's autism because the foundation, the autistic foundation gets a percentage from the game sales. Can you definitively say that or is that something you want to remain a mystery? <laughs> um, yeah, there's actually a definitive answer, uh, or indirect definitive answer in the game. And that was, um, I think in the doctor's memory, um, when they were about young adults, um, 
the doctor stepped them a book by Tony Atwood, who was like, if you Google him, he's, he's essentially a, um, you know, a leader, leading researcher in Asperger's syndrome. Okay. So yeah, that would be the autism spectrum. It's neat to hear, um, I think her name is Isabel, the, the other couple, you know, talk about how she, you know, lives with that and, and the way that she kind of pretends to be normal and how she admires River for just, you know, daring to be herself. Um, what do you think about, about that, that choice? Yeah, it's, um, it's a tough choice. I don't, and I don't think it just applies to folks, you know, on the spectrum. I mean, even my, myself, you know, I, I have to decide between those sometimes. And I'm sure many, many fo- other folks too. It's just how the society works nowadays. You know, you can either be like by being completely yourself. It's somewhat unsafe at times, even. Mm. Do you like, think still that people will, you know, judge you when they sort of seem to value the, the different now? Um, I don't know. Well, I tend to find, I mean, obviously, I think we tend to find it easier to be our true selves to folks who are, who we are closer with, you know. Um, but I don't know. I guess it varies from person to person. Uh, this game was nominated for best music, most memorable moment, best writing dialogue, best ending and song of the year in GameSpot's Game of the Year award for 2011. <laughs> so how did that feel? Uh, that was, uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was so grateful. I, I, I think that was when, um, that wasn't long when, like before the game, I mean, after the game released. So I still had no idea what to expect. And that was just kind of a slap in the face, you know, good way, whatever that feels like. <laughs> we love you. Bam. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was just, it's such an honor and, you know, just to be able to work with so many talented folks. Um, to begin with, you know, for example, like Laura Shigehara, who helped, who helped out so much with the game, mm-hmm. you know, both in its music and, you know, the PR efforts and just pushing it out there. And the, the game really couldn't have made it, you know, without them, without her and just so many other talented folks who, you know, kindly helped out. What is the process like of getting a game onto Steam? It was, um, let's see, that was, I submitted it before the whole green, Steam Greenlight thing. Um, and I think I submitted when the game was first released. And for a month, I think I, I didn't get a reply. And then after that month, I, um, kind of went out, out and I just drafted a, like a diff, another, uh, a new application form was just like spamming it with like positive reviews. And, you know, just, I think at the time, cause Steam uses Metacritic. And, uh, at the time, I think the game was still fortunate enough to be, uh, at, I think exactly 90% at Metacritic. So I put that like on top of it. And I think that really helped out a lot because I think, because they just get so, you can't, you can't blame them, you know, because they get so much submissions every single day and it's just really hard to filter out. So, um, after that, uh, I think they actually responded the next day oh, and then it, it took another year for it to get on there, but that was mostly my fault. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's really affected things? I mean, Steam is an excellent platform if you want to get something easily. Yeah, it's um, like as an indie developer, uh, especially, you know, a, a relatively new one, um, it's not something that's, you know, you can't count on getting on there 100%. So I kind of treated it like, you know, an icing on the cake. But in this case, like the icing is actually bigger than the cake itself. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how you should have a cake. <laughs> Um, the music boxes appear a couple times in the game, um, mm. I guess to give alternatives to just having him, you know, play on the piano and things like that. Uh, how did you decide to turn that, you know, idea into an actual music box? Mm, like an actual music box in real life? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's music box. I'm just so fascinated by music boxes. It's, um, like... I think every single one of my games so far has a music box in it. That's uh, relatively a bit of a centerpiece. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just one of those ongoing themes. And I was like, what should I get for this game? Oh, I know. Oh, 
I so regret a, not buying one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we also tried to, um, we also tried to make some, uh, toy plat- platypus. Yes. What's the plural for that? Like pl- platypi? I don't know. It's, I think but, it's also platypus, but I'd like to uh, say platypi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah, that kind of fell through because like they were sending us, um, you know, samples and samples and they were like, we want, a brown platypus that looks like this. You know, and I had uh, Gabriela, who's the artist who drew the platypus and all the memento pictures, uh, to to draw like a, you know, a front side 90 degrees angle uh, version of the platypus to send to them. And they sent us a sample. We gave them some suggestions. They sent us back a sample. And all through this time, like they just couldn't get the color right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's first they sent us a white one and then they sent us like, I don't even, it's like they were getting, but I don't know, in the end, <laughs> And in the end, they required like, you know, a order of 10,000 or something minimum. And we were like, oh, wait, about that. <laughs> but yeah, so that kind of fell through. But fortunately, there's still billions the boxes and you can still find platypus, you know, in Australia mm-hmm. and toys everywhere. I wasn't sure if it was a platypus or if you were going for like a Psyduck reference. <laughs> yeah, I, as much as I really like Psyduck and who doesn't, <laughs> it was, uh, no, it was, an authentic Australian platypus. Okay, so I have seen you speak at MAGFest, and I believe this is the second year that you did have a panel. Um, what's your affiliation with that, and what keeps you coming back to speak? At Con- oh, actually, actually, I, I, um, that was my first year in MAGFest, was and it? Uh, yeah, that was, and I, that was, yeah, that was the first, uh, you know, panel of panel of that kind I've ever done, really? which was. Uh, yeah. That was good. Um, ah, thanks. I, I really liked that, you know, I was able to, you know, they got me a keyboard to play some sounds <laughs> on it. I, I think I enjoyed that the most. A lot more than actually for talking. Like 20 minutes and let me play your song. Yeah. <laughs> I did record that and I may put it up on the site for um, oh, listeners cool. who want to see. <laughs> thanks. Um, let's see. The things I want to ask you. Um, music for this game. Um, I think I might actually like more than the game, which is saying <laughs> something. Um, uh, what is your favorite song from from the score? And uh, yeah, what's your favorite song? Favorite song? Hmm. Well, I'm not sure if this is a cliche choice, but probably, definitely, uh, everything's all right. Okay. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's just it just communicated conveyed everything I wanted for that scene. And, you know, that, that song is all Laura. And, uh, like I, I just showed her the scene before the song, I think. And I wasn't even, I, I don't think I even was able to say, like say much as for, you know, what I wanted her to do, like to write, to, you know, fit like what kind of atmosphere and emotion and lyrics exactly. And she just wrote it, you know, and it just turned out perfect. That was, I was just so like, I was so uh, happy when I first heard it and it just, it just fit. It just fit the scene so perfectly well and said everything it needed to say. I'm surprised that you didn't change the title to River, um, considering it said it's a placeholder, which is funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the song. Well, yeah, it's kind of yeah. The song pretty much has two names, right? I mean, it's like two, like the uh, the martial, uh, like the two da 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 thing. It's like it's both called forever and to the moon i guess forever is in the first memory and to the moon is in the new memory but it's the same song let's talk about the new game a bird's is bird's tale or bird's life uh oh it's uh yeah a uh, a bird story a bird story <laughs> a bird story again see the birds yeah um, yeah that that was what made me think wait a minute <laughs> It actually kind of gets confusing though because it said, now it says like Freebird Games presents a bird story. It's like, is this our flagship or? Right. Is it about the company? No. Yeah. I saw the, um, like the short film that you had created for it. Um, can you share with the listeners what this is about? Uh, sure. Um, so, okay. So basically I showed a, uh, brief scene from the game, a cutscene, um, which actually is not so brief considering the entire game is probably only going to be about 30 minutes long. Hmm. Um, but so the scene is essentially, so, um, let's see a bit of a background, I suppose. 
so this is in the middle of the game and the boys um the boys taken you know but he basically he found an injured bird and he's taking the bird in so one night you know the bird was on the balcony and just looking out to toward the other building where a lot of the birds were and they were you know flying around and you know said um and whatnot you know so the bird the the boy comes out and sees the bird just you know looking afar at the at the other birds flying but it couldn't fly because it's its wings were still injured so this is actually told within a dream so screw physics right <laughs> so what happened was um the boy basically ripped out a bunch of pages from a book he carried around and he glued those pages together and to form a giant sheet of paper and with that giant sheet of paper he um folded out and the bird, and the bird helped actually <laughs> uh, so they folded out a paper plane a gigantic paper plane and essentially they wrote that and flew off to find the other birds and that was the scene that that, uh, that was shown at Magfest. Can you tell us anything about uh, what the game's going to be about, other than birds? <laughs> More birds. More birds. Um, <laughs> is yeah, it a the, continuation of uh, the same idea as to the moon, or is it a completely different... Uh, it's a... Okay, well, it's kind of strange. Basically, um, it's a very short story. It's a short and simple stro story that stands on its own. Um, the character, the main character is actually the patient from the second episode but um but this story itself is self-contained it doesn't take place in you know memories but it, ta it takes place in dreams in his dream which is a mix between his memories and imaginations and the like so yeah but it's not the actual second episode it's um it's kind of like a prelude but it is its own story Dr. Watts and Dr. Rosling, I don't think, I don't think they will make a direct appearance. I'm thinking that they might make a cameo. But, oh, okay. Do you think that they'll come back in another game in the future? They seem oh, to be definitely. pretty popular. Definitely. They, um, yeah, in the second episode. The second episode will be the same format as To the Moon. But I don't want to say, I don't want to say that, you know, this, that, that's the second episode. So this small game is, it's just like a filter or whatnot, but it's, it's not. It's it's a main course, <laughs> uh, like from my perspective at least. It's 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 its own stand standalone story, and uh, you know it means yeah, just <laughs> okay. it's its own game. Um, when does this release? Because I think it's soon, isn't it? Yeah, I it's it's hard to say. I am I'm, I think <laughs> I'm just right. gonna coming yeah, at I some think, point. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I. I would say sometimes in a few months. And this will also be available on Steam? Um, it would be, well, I'm not sure. That pretty much depends on Valve more, more so than me. Uh, I would definitely love to get it onto Steam, you know, but yeah, that's mostly their decision. Okay, I think we're going to take some questions from the chat room in a minute or two. So if you guys want to start writing things, uh, you can. Oh, awesome. Uh, I want to go back to to the moon for a little bit while they are thinking um uh to the moon like the very end where you can see and i'm not going to spoil it too bad but um like you said the point isn't necessarily like to the moon when you see um river and johnny like holding hands and all of that stuff um i guess you can make some assumptions that all of the patients you know are going to die at the end of games is that something you're going to see I guess in, in this game as well, is it always going to be like that death is going to be part of the game or is it going to be, or is it going to be taking place in other places other than just like hospital, hospital-esque settings? Uh, yeah, I, mm, yeah, I kind of had a bit of a plan to make the next patient, you know, like the last moment, moments being in a hospital instead, but mm, I don't know, on second thought, I don't know. A lot of stuff are still up in the air right now. Um, but the next episode, I mean, the next, um, you know, game that's coming out, right? Like a bird story. That's, uh, the setting of that is actually, um, is, let's see. It's just, it's all within when the patient was a kid. And also it's all in that childhood era. Okay. era. And 
it's, you know, again, it's within the dreams. And so it's kind of like a mix between, between the memories and imagination and the like. Do you think that the bittersweet aspect will always kind of be in your games? Um, hmm. the aspect of uh, bittersweetness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. In some ways, it depends. I, I don't know. I, I don't really, uh, this, like, I don't really think about it as, like, I, I should make a game that, you know, that's gonna be bittersweet or something. I, like, I pretty much start with, you know, something that means something to me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of expand from that. So whatever that turns out to be is what ends up happening, I suppose. Okay. All right. So chat room, do you have any questions? Because I don't necessarily see any. Which means I will not ask any. Um, <laughs> Will Neil be falling off of more stuff in the second episode? Okay, well. <laughs> Just a McCoy. Just now, McCoy. He, now he will. Thank now. you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny when, uh, when she accuses him of being a wimp, basically. <laughs> uh, how did you first get in contact with Laura? Tabup asks. Uh, she, um, let's see. We actually worked, um, like we were, both in a game development forum quite a while back. Um, so she was making her own game. It was called, uh, Melodoon. Um, you could actually find it, like, just Google Melodoon. That's M-E-L-O-L-U-N-E. Um, so she was making that game and I was making Quintessence, you know, my first game. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think at one point she helped me out with writing, like, with the ending theme to Quintessence. And yeah, the anything song in that actually, um, is, uh, is sent by her, actually. I think it's probably on YouTube somewhere. And she did a fantastic job with that as well. Um, so, you know, with To the Moon, like, you know, that was just, you know, she, she's just, you know, who you think of when you think of, like, a, you know, some, a song that's as meaningful as that. How long did it take, um, from the beginning of writing a game to, like, the beta release? What's the average time? Hmm. With To The Moon, I suppose it was about a year and a half to two years. Um, I wasn't working on it full-time, per se, but at the same time, I wasn't, you know, swamped with a bunch of, you know, bureaucratic stuff to do as I do now. So I would say it's kind of about full-time as far as, you know, working time goes on the actual game. <laughs> um, let's see... I'm going to pronounce these horribly, but Teki Thaya, um, what was River dying of? Is there like a definitive answer of, of what disease she had? Uh, um, no, but it wasn't, it definitely wasn't autism, of course, because <laughs> I, I understand that it was kind of confusing at times because, you know, she had that which she was diagnosed and then there's the other thing, but no, it wasn't ever mentioned. And I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think it, there's a point in, you know, point pinpointing out a specific name for the for the disease or you know which one it was, since it's not as relevant. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't. So I guess not. People are asking where they can buy a music box. Do you have like a site for that? Yeah, yeah, paper cut. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, she died because of a paper cut. That's, yeah, that's yeah. deadly it's paper cut. Of... Said it could be cured if she had the money for it. I know it just. But she, did you see how many rabbits she made? That's a lot of paper cuts. That's true. Maybe she got some sort of paper poisoning. Is there like a dye in a, in a special kind of paper for origami that could poison you if you had 1,500 cheats? Mm. I don't know. I should probably find out one day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's... Uh, oh, sorry. What Was there a sec- second question? Um, kind of off-tracked. Off uh, just, no, they just wanted to know what she was telling them. Oh. Uh, let's see... Oh, um, Quin- Equinator33 wants to know if uh, you are not a fan of writing clear-cut villains, because everyone sort of seems to be, you know, a nice person for the most part. And <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was a villain for the most part, <laughs> yeah. at least not in my eyes. Um, well, no, it's not, I, I don't have anything, uh, against it, you know, but it's just different types of stories call for different types of things. 
oh, oh, the music box. That's what I was thinking of because I, I, I thought something was missing because someone asked about where to get the music boxes, yes, right? Yes, yes. Uh, um, yeah, so actually I, I haven't, like, I haven't set up the channels to distribute it yet. And, um, the, the truth is, like, there are only, right now, there are only about a bit over a hundred music boxes available for sale. So that's like, uh, online. Now you're so just really making me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, um, but yeah, so I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen, but I'm going to set it up. Um, and, uh, there will there will probably be a pre-order system if we run out um and we could get you know more you know more of them made and shipped but it's going to take a bit and i'm really because i this is the first time i've like we're doing something like this so we have absolutely no idea to what to expect okay um we'll see though <laughs> um where guy two is very insistent about this question so i'm going to ask it why didn't johnny meet river again at the carnival um and I'm not quite sure where he's going with that, but uh, I think, yeah, I think I know because some, yeah, that was brought up at the forum too. I think hmm. it's really hard to say. There's just so much that can happen behind the scenes, you know. I mean, I, I, I assume that's that's after, you know, that's the uh, what's that? That's the in the new memories, you know, because in the old memories he just didn't recall that. Mm -hmm. But in the new memories, I'd imagine what happened was, you know, Eva took river out took river away and i assume like to do that she would be taking her far away or else there wouldn't be a point and you know i'd imagine the carnival is kind of a lo relatively local thing so she would be you know it's not an annual visit anymore but you know nasa there's only so so many locations all right well let's see a couple more questions and i think we'll be done um Let's see. Yes, we're looking for music boxes. Um, I don't think we're going to ask. You pretty much explained. I mean, I'll ask the question. For Neil, um, there's no real explanation for why he's using painkillers. It just sort of says that mm -hmm. he has an injury. Um, is that something you want to talk further about or no? Uh, no. Okay. I, th <laughs> I think that will come up later, so I oh, don't want to say Yeah, it's probably going to come It's probably going to come up later, but... Uh... Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think we're getting ready to wrap up. Is there anything else you wanted to share um, before we do? Hmm. I don't know. There's. I'm actually planning to. Oh well. As far as the episode two stuff goes, mm -hmm. what the next game goes, um, I'm probably going to try to announce something. Uh, you know, officially announce it. Um, sometimes in the near future, and I'm actually. I actually just sent out. Um, like the artist Jokem, who's doing some of the like wonderful art paintings and artworks for the new game. Okay. Um, I sent out him, I, I sent, I had to draw like a scribble of a promotion, promotional poster, like the, where things go and the proximate, you know, design of it. And it was pretty terrible, but I just sent him off. I sent it off to him today. Um, so once that's done, I think I would have all the stuff ready to, you know, start setting up a page for it, for the new game. And, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of making, trying to make a bit of a, hopefully, quirky, uh, well, I don't know, some, some kind of a promotional thing for it, for the new game. And I'll probably try to push it out on Reddit or something. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> People would like to but, know if they can see that clip that you had at Magfest or if that's something that's gonna, it's exclusive only for that and where they could find that clip if you choose to share it. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, I might, hmm, I, yeah, I was thinking about uploading that onto YouTube, you know, but it, it's kind of a conflicting thing because now that I think of it, it is kind of a, a key point to the game, you know, and I'm not, hmm, I'm not sure if it would be a better experience for people to watch it first, then play the game or not. But, I could see certain points of To the Moon, you would not want to see it at a time. Is yeah. one of those, like... <laughs> Sort emotional of. later <laughs> yeah sort of but at the same time i do i do believe in you know you don't have to see watch something chronologically to you know get something out of it i mean to the moon itself even though even like I, I was showing the actual launching launching scene and screenshots everywhere you know but that was that's and people were saying that that's a spoiler but 
like to me personally, I like, you know, that's something that's, it's nice to see that they do end up going to the moon. But the important thing is not whether they do or not. It's, it's like a journey to get there, you know, and why they want to go to the moon and why, why, why he wants to go to the moon. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I might, I might release it on YouTube sometimes. Mm. See, I felt sad. And again, spoiler, if you don't want to know, spoiler. <laughs> I felt sad at the end when I saw the moon in the window and they didn't actually set foot on the moon. I felt like he failed. I don't know if that's what your intent was um, well, to say, because I know they were together and holding hands and that's kind of the point. But the fact that they didn't actually land on the moon, I was like, no. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, they, uh, what happened was they did land on the moon. And the evidence of that was that there are flashbacks, I mean, well, flash forwards, I suppose. Um, showing them going old together again, you know, before that actual last scene, you could see them build, rebuilding that house and they were sitting in that, in that cafe that they were sitting at in real life, except now even Joey's there and they were rebuilding the house. Everyone was you know, rebuilding the house by the lighthouse. And right before the last scene, like where on the space shuttle, they saw, um, you know, like the player sees like after the house is fully built. Johnny walks up to that sitting on that, like Johnny goes to sit on that bench where he was sitting at, um, alone in real life. And then River walking up and sitting by him. And they were looking at the lighthouse together. So that was actually after they came back from the moon trip. Okay. And, you know, exactly. And so uh -huh. essentially it just showed that they grew up together. Now I feel so, better. Yeah. <laughs> there you <laughs> okay, go. Okay. I'll, I'll play the end again. <laughs> All right. Um, so places that people can find you, uh, if you'd like to, to find Khan and, uh, a big thank you to him. Uh, you can find him, um, pretty much, uh, on Facebook if he wants you to, or on Twitter. And what is your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is, uh, hmm, that's Reeves. That's R E I V E S. Um, dot or slash. I can't even remember. Underscore. underscore. Oh yeah. Underscore. underscore yeah. Uh, Freebird. Oh, actually, just just go to freebirdgames.com. There's like a Twitter <laughs> button and a Facebook button. Links. Just like click, click. There yeah. you go. <laughs> but I, I recommend Steam if you want to play to the moon. Um, definitely easier way to get to it. Um, I'm sure. Or, you know, uh, anywhere else like GOG or stuff. Uh, I don't know if I'm like obligated to say stuff like that, but, you know. Whatever, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, I think now there's actually a, a sale. If you get a combination for the soundtrack and you get the game together, it's like twelve ninety nine. So you, you save or something if you get them together but you should get the soundtrack anyway $12.99 that's such a good deal it's such a good deal <laughs> it's like do a hand gesture um, yeah it's yeah but <laughs> sure if you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news you can find me on twitter at gray area podcast at facebook slash gray area podcast or on itunes and if you're in the channel and you enjoyed this i encourage you to subscribe because i do have interviews with other developers and you can watch this one over and over and over <laughs> so, and over and over. Sorry, over and over. Oh, could I, uh, could I say something, um, to the folks who are watching? Yes. Ah, awesome. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say, like, thank you guys so much again, you know, for, for the support and just make it possible for me to do, you know, to keep on making games like this. Um, I'm really no, I've no idea what, you know, what the future games are going to be and, uh, whether they'll be, you know, to the moonish in, any kind of precise manner or not. But what I can promise is that there will always be you know, something that means a lot to me. And there will also always be, you know, from somewhere authentic. So I'll try my best. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Well, you're doing great so far. So we will continue to follow you and uh, check out any new games you have. Um, ah, if listeners have any gray areas in their relationships or need a new perspective, they can email their questions, advice, or suggestions to me at yahoo.com. And thanks for listening. I'll see you next week with a new episode. Bye, chat room. Take care. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to signalsmedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?